0: Welcome to Data Dialogues from Equifax, a podcast about how data-driven insights can power smarter business decisions. Welcome to Data Dialogues. My name is Rissa Redden, and I serve as SVP of Marketing for the commercial business here at Equifax, where we focus very intently and intentionally on helping small business to be successful. Today, I'm joined by Hanny Pham, who is founder and CEO of Marquez? Welcome, Hanny.
1: Thank you, Risa. It's really a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Well, I am delighted to be with a like-minded soul who is incredibly laser-focused on small business and helping small and medium-sized businesses to succeed. And I would love to hear a little bit about how you got started in this space and what brings us to this moment.
1: So, Rissa, this has been a, a journey that's uh, taken many years to get here. It's no surprise to you that small businesses represent the vast majority of employers, certainly in the United States and frankly, in the rest of the world, too. They are the driving engine of the world's economies. They are a deeply underserved group. Uh, and by the way, there's about 300 million of them around the world. And uh, the... Uh, pandemic that we've just gone through has really amplified some critical needs that small businesses have. And so as we've thought about this space, uh, frankly, above all others, um, we find ourselves at this incredible juncture, this incredible opportunity where um, we've seen record numbers of new small businesses. We've sadly seen record numbers of business failures as well. Overall, there's a tremendous optimism and there's a commitment by almost every government in the world to support the rebound of small businesses uh, everywhere. And so here at Marquez, we're really focused and purpose built to support small businesses survive and thrive in this new digital economy.
0: That's fantastic. And, and could you describe a little bit, maybe more about the Marquez marketplace that you have uh, established?
1: So we, um, when we spoke to small businesses, and by the way, we traveled the world speaking to them for the last couple of years, understanding their real pain points. And a couple of very key points came out. First of all, small businesses are uh, overwhelmed by the plethora of point-to-point solutions that are out there. They're also... Uh, Uh, And and, and on average, they subscribe to about 25 to 30 point-to-point solutions, on average, in some cases more. Uh, And they rarely ever use more than about 10% of these solutions, and it costs them about 15% of their operating expenses. Add to that um, the fact that they're spending, on average, 17 days a year verifying themselves and credentialing themselves for pretty much everything they want to do. In most cases, small businesses are lacking either the awareness of solutions that help them uh, deal with the key aspects of their business, which, by the way, are uh, cash flow customers and suppliers. Everything else is sort of ancillary to that. Uh, And that's quite a lot. If you think about the inefficiency of that to the world and to the economies that we operate in, that's about $1.7 trillion a year of structural inefficiency in the industry, either from a lack of awareness, a lack of technical and digital capability, or uh, price points that are prohibitive for small businesses. And we address those things, cash flow customers and suppliers, through a very simple model that is about verification, monitoring, and cash flow solutions.
0: And Hannah, you mentioned uh, point-to-point solutions. Could you define that for our audience?
1: Yeah, these are all the tools that small businesses use today. So whether it's their CRM system or their uh, accounting software or their publishing software or uh, all these various tools that they use, um, there's so many of them out there. And they've largely proliferated in a way that uh, has prevented any of these things from connecting with each other. And so it's incumbent on uh, organizations like yours and ours to help make sense of that for them to help them integrate those things and to really understand the things that matter the things that are going to help them with managing their cash flow managing their customers managing their suppliers securely safely and more efficiently
0: would you say in general that small businesses are data savvy or are not data savvy
1: i think uh, small businesses have become uh, data savvy not by choice but by necessity and and that's got a couple of dimensions to it um Part one, and we actually heard this from the uh, from the deputy mayor of Chicago, very interestingly, who said, there are so many small businesses in the greater Chicago area that don't even have internet access, and they're looking at ways and thinking about how to do that. Uh, the Marquez proposition is designed to be natural language forward. So it's designed to uh, run with uh, a voice-led inquiry over a, a public phone or a smartphone or whatever. So by, by doing that, we're extending the reach and extending access and inclusion uh, to what has historically been keyboard and screen-led interactions. Uh, we're not all the way there yet with that, but that's where we're going. Uh, and in fact, we're using some powerful tools like Alexa, the enterprise version of Alexa and Kendra and some other tools like that. So that's So inclusion and access is one aspect of it. The second is presenting data in ways that don't require an instruction manual for small businesses to understand. So how do we present data in ways that they naturally think about their business? Like, I need a new supplier within a 10-mile radius who can reach me on Monday mornings by 7 a.m. for these particular products. How do we present data in a very easy-to-digest manner uh, with very powerful query tools rather than, you know, a large mass of data that they have to make sense of themselves. So that's the second thing, what I, what we call demystifying uh, data and making it hyper relevant. And the third is around measurement. How is this data impacting my business? And am I getting a positive effect from that? Is it helping me improve my cash flow? Is it helping me improve my resilience? Is it helping me improve my attractiveness as a business to others? Is it helping me reach more customers? So that measurement is a is a very big deal. And then last but not least, uh, the data revolution for business, whether you're uh, in rural areas or whether you are in urban areas, is really being advanced by a couple of very important things. Amid COVID, the uh, amount of uh, online streaming services has gone up like never before. So whether it's uh, watching YouTube or Zoom calls with family or digital music services, whatever, those digital elements, we're also finding ways to incorporate those into the business canvas or the business landscape so that it doesn't feel foreign. And in fact, you know, one of the best uh, case studies of that that we really love and we think a lot about is Tesla. When you buy a Tesla car, and this is not a a plug for Tesla, but when you buy a car, it literally comes without an instruction manual of any sort. And you get in it and you intuitively find all these things that just make sense because they're in the right place uh, where they should be, and they're in a very different place to the cars we've people have driven for the last hundred years. They're very different, but it's intuitive, and it integrates social elements with driving elements with personalization. So it's that comprehensive view that allows people to feel more comfortable with data because it's intuitive, because it's customizable, and because it integrates with what they already do.
0: I think you raise a really interesting point around, we certainly spend a lot of time on user experience and on customer experience, but I think what you're really saying is the data experience is what really matters. Right. And how do you engage with that data and and turn that data into insight yeah. so that you can power your business?
1: Yeah. yeah. In a natural way that you do in other parts of your life.
0: And Hany, we think of the problems that need to be solved for that small business. And we think of it in terms of small businesses need to get paid. Mm-hmm. They need to get customers. Mm-hmm. They need to get capital. They need to make payroll. Mm-hmm. They need to manage risk and compliance. Mm-hmm. And they need to get the work done. Yep. And and we've been very focused on what are some of those problems that we can help solve to free up that entrepreneur or that small business owner to focus on getting the work done. Yep. How do you think about that small business.
1: All those things you said are completely valid and they're uh, very, very important things. Um, but we have to remember that nearly 80% of small businesses have less than 10 people uh, in them and make less than $100,000 a year. Let's dig into that a little bit. Today, if you're verifying a supplier, or finding a new supplier, 80% of businesses look on Google, which frankly tells them nothing other than the sheer existence and the sheer name of that business. It does nothing for them in terms of, and on average, they're spending two hours to do that per supplier. That makes no sense whatsoever. And I'm not disparaging Google. I'm just saying that, uh, they they have to go to so many different places to address all those points that you raised. Um, you know, when we talk to them, they say operational efficiency in my business. Seventy four percent of them said that's really important. Digitally enabling their business and integrating some of these things, nearly 70 percent, 67 percent said it's so important. And safety and security. They've never been more worried about it now with fraud rates having gone up three hundred and forty eight percent supplier failure having gone up 60%. uh, They are the prime target for cyber hackers and they're becoming slowly aware of those things. So uh, all those things you said absolutely matter, but they're so dispersed today. um, The market has really been crying for an integrated solution that's easy to use, that's natural language forward, uh, and that integrates the most important things for small businesses that they can easily access at very low price points and very affordable price points.
0: Henny, we've, we've spoken a little bit about the importance of data and analytics. Uh, how should small business owners embrace a data-driven approach?
1: So, Rissa, I think for small businesses, the first thing they need to uh... Uh, do is become aware of what data is available and that's something that we're together creating for them and very practically we're doing that in two ways first of all for the first time ever we're bringing together all publicly available information about businesses in one place that's really important and that's really key and that is an unsponsored unfettered data set uh, that is uh, designed purposefully to be a single source of truth for, for small businesses. That's part one. Part two, we are creating a, uh, both a public vault and a private vault for small businesses. The public vault contains any information that with uh, some resource and some effort you can find out about a business. And we're making that available on uh, marcas.com in that very large directory that we are together creating. The second part on the private vault is where small businesses have the opportunity for the first time ever to put into one place all of their, what we'll call consented data, all their non-public data in one place, whether it's their logins to different uh, systems, whether it's uh, paper artifacts like tax returns or government-issued documents, uh, whether it's their accounts or anything else. And then at their complete and very secure discretion, they have the ability to do one of three things. Add any of that information to enhance their public profile, make it available selectively uh, on on an as-needs basis, or keep it completely private. And that richness of information that's both empowering small business with access and giving them the ability to catalogue, and organize their information in one place has never existed like this before.
0: I've got a question for you, Hanny. Um, So we're seeing that e-commerce is dramatically increased. And a couple of statistics for you. Um, So the U.S. Department of Commerce data showed the highest e-commerce growth in America in at least two decades in 2020. And Census Bureau data shows that e-commerce sales peaked in the second quarter of 2020 at a total of 16.1 percent of total retail sales, more than double um, that, e- more than double total sales that e-commerce represented in the second quarter of 2015. And how does that match up with what you're seeing?
1: Uh, we're seeing the same thing, Rissa. So if we unpack those numbers a little bit, we have in the United States alone 30 million small businesses today. Twenty um, percent of consumers in America own a small business in some shape or form. That's an incredible number. And in terms of e-commerce growth in the last year, as you said, 202% year on year growth. So the imperative to move into the digital space, but do so securely and safely has never been higher. The number of new EINs issued or numbers issued by the IRS for new business registrations, the highest on record in history. So I think the the driving engine is there. As I said before, sadly, we've seen a lot of business failures, but it's often been failures where businesses just have not paid enough attention to the digital transformation that's required. Frankly, it's one of the reasons why the World Economic Forum has a dedicated group focused on digital transformation in small business. We're part of that. And we're just seeing these statistics from literally all across the world. And uh, one of the things that's becoming apparent is both Big Corp and small business have not spent enough time providing easy, affordable access and digital capabilities that are easy to use. All the small businesses we speak to, um, we hear that consistently as being a major theme. And we're together, frankly, right in the heart of that transformation and right in the heart of equipping them with those tools uh, that they need more than ever today.
0: I think that's right. And the pandemic is really forcing us all to look very carefully at digitization and what is digital look like in my business. And future proofing is often a word that is used, you know, as we think about digital. And I know in commercial in 2019, we had a real theme around join the digital lending revolution. We're really seeing a lot more emphasis on digitization today, and there's a statistic that you probably have seen as well from McKinsey that shows that response to COVID-19 sped up the adoption of digital technologies by three or more years. And how do you think about that for small business? How do you think about the benefits to the small business owner by taking that data-led approach and that really that focus on digitization?
1: So I think there's a few elements of that, Risa, uh, and they're very powerful. First of all, in terms of small businesses that we survey and we talk to, nearly 80% say they would invest uh, in digitization to improve the efficiency and effectiveness and reach of their business, particularly when they're no, no longer able to rely on foot traffic and store traffic to come by. That's really key. But with that comes a few very important uh, elements Number one is the education component. So much uh, of small business efforts are focused on those three things that we call the golden triangle of cash flow customers and suppliers. And uh, within each of those, there's an element of education. So let's just unpack those for a minute. Why is verification of my suppliers important? Simple answer. 60% have gone broke. You need to understand who's still in business and who's likely to fail. That goes beyond credit scores. It goes beyond uh, traditional uh, ways that we think about suppliers. Why is monitoring important? Because the things I have to think about in the digital age with suppliers or with uh, providers of service to my business are now very different. And I need tools that allow me to do that efficiently. I can't be spending two hours per counterparty doing online research uh, you know, and finding that I'm being bombarded by paid ads. I need to be in a space where these things can happen automatically. And last but not least, uh, the need for cash flow support, as we've seen both by government and private lenders to small business, has never been higher. But it's a slow, laborious process.
0: I think you raise a really interesting point around educating on small business because it does seem to be a bit mysterious to some. And the way in which we've approached that is through our indices to help People see where loan origination is for the small business economy and where there's opportunity, what sectors are growing, what sectors are shrinking, what geographies are growing, which are shrinking. And likewise, we look at delinquencies and defaults. How are some of the ways that you think about educating others on how to serve the small business market?
1: We're moving rapidly into what I'd call purpose-led journeys, And scoring based on those journeys. So every small business should know that they're the prime target for a cyber attack. Um, What to do about that is another matter. In years gone by, if you heard the word cyber, you stuck your head in the sand and hoped it didn't happen to you. It was going to happen to a big company, not to you. Well, guess what? You now need to deal with the fact that you're the number one target for. Cyber attacks, and we know that small businesses, particularly that suffer a cyber attack, the vast majority go out of business in six months after a single cyber attack. So, we're showing them before we get anywhere near solutions how vulnerable they are. And so, we're standing up simple uh, free evaluations that show them their relative risk associated with cyber. If they're thinking about cash flow and cash flow lending, we're showing them how attractive they are to a lender as a lending proposition, and also telling them what they can do about that to improve their attractiveness. If they're looking for a new supplier, how attractive are the suppliers they're looking at? Which ones are likely to fail in the next 12 months? Which ones are likely to stay in business? And which ones are already active in the environment that we're standing up together so that they can look at for the first time ever, a pre verified directory of literally every uh, business big and small in the United States.
0: So cash flow, uh, you mentioned, so if we were to dig in on that, you know, how, how are you thinking about cash flow and, and ensuring that small business has the cash flow at the ready?
1: So we have a, a very comprehensive roadmap, Rissa. uh, for cash flow and small business. It really is the single biggest topic that they worry about at the moment. And let's talk about a couple of um, fallacies that exist. Uh, Fallacy number one that exists is that small businesses have all the money they need in a single bank account to pay their bills. Complete fallacy. Small businesses use air miles. They use personal credit cards. They use money in the bank. They use money they expect to receive. Uh, from their customers. They do all sorts of crazy stuff Um, and it's never in the same place. And they've never till now had a proposition that allows them to bring all those sources of value together in one place to pay for the things that matter and in a way that doesn't embarrass them with their suppliers or with their counterparties. We've created such a solution for them, number one. Number two, um, if you're a supplier, you want to know that every invoice you send out, you're going to get paid And so we're working towards building an auction model that allows suppliers in real time to verify that they're going to be paid for the invoices they send. On the buyer side, uh, the buyer wants to finance transactions in many cases because the cash just isn't there today. It might be there tomorrow. It might be there in three weeks, but they don't have it today. And so we're building out the other side of that, which is transaction level financing for buyers that allows them with each order With each purchase order they send out to put out a series of bids to say who wants to finance this transaction. We're actually creating today the world's most powerful and the world's most complete view to allow people to bid on to finance those transactions or to factor those transactions for buyers and for suppliers. And where that will go over time is effectively a uh, what we call a clean funds or a risk free model for businesses to interact with each other. That's the hope. It'll take us a little while to get there, but what we're building is designed to get get us there quicker than anything else that's out there today.
0: So, Hanny, I'm so curious to get your perspective on what advice you have for small business owners, and if there were three things that they should be doing in 2021, what might those three things be?
1: Rissa, I would say verify that the people you're doing business with, whether it's suppliers or others you do business with, are in good standing. We'll help you do that together between Equifax and Marcas, number one. Number two, think about the things that you need to monitor uh, with your service providers and suppliers that give you a high level of confidence. And again, we'll facilitate that for you. So monitor. Uh, Don't take a one and done approach. Be proactive on monitoring. And last but not least, think very carefully about your cash flow, how you're managing your cash flow and the tools you have available to you to improve how you manage your cash flow.
0: Thank you. Oh, you know, one last thing um, uh, that occurred to me, Handy, while we were sitting here is BNPLs. Is that something that you're focused on? Or is that something from your MasterCard days that you might have a perspective on? And it's the buy now, pay later sort of movement that you're seeing on every e-commerce site.
1: BMPLs, or buy now, pay later, is becoming an increasing topic as businesses think about how they manage their cash flow. And it's, again, part of how we're able to equip. At the end of the day, someone has to provide the funds to cover the buy now model. And that could be banks, it could be other financial services providers, or it could be self-funded by the people who are providing the goods and services to business. And in that space, what we're finding increasingly is people looking for more comprehensive ways to score those businesses who are buying now and wanting to pay later. As a for instance, if you today provide uh, goods, if you're a small business and you provide goods to uh, a large, large retailer, for instance, on average, you're being paid in 90 days. And in many cases, you need access to those funds much earlier and typically those large retailers will say well yes i can pay you earlier if you take a 15 20 discount on the invoice that's a big hit for small business in our environment because we're able to score on so many different variables that business and the uh, likelihood of payment actually happening when it's meant to happen we can bring those costs down dramatically and we can open up that market more broadly to people who want to provide that transaction level financing we were discussing earlier in our conversation.
0: Handy fam, it's been my pleasure to have the opportunity to chat with you today.
1: Risa, thank you. It's really a pleasure to have been here. And it's really a wonderful uh, privilege and pleasure to call uh, Equifax um, strategic partners of Marquez.
0: If people would like more information on Marquez and a little bit more on what you're up to with the marketplace, with the center, where can they go?
1: marquez.com, uh, Rissa, or uh, you can find us on LinkedIn, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook. Um, that's the best place for them to, to be.
0: Thank you so much. And for anybody who's interested in more on our small business indices, which look at loan origination, loan defaults, and loan delinquencies by geography and by sector, please don't hesitate to send a note to cmlmarketing at equifax.com to be added to our email distribution list uh, and to receive our 5 to No monthly newsletter. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Data Dialogues from Equifax. If you like what you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified of future episodes and leave us a review. To keep our legal team happy, we'd like to remind you that nothing in this podcast is legal advice, and we recommend to always consult with your own legal representative to ensure your data use is handled properly. Also, the opinions and views expressed in the podcast are not intended as hard facts and advice. They're also not necessarily the views of Equifax.